0: Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market view on Money FM
1: 89.3. Time to dissect Friday morning. Asia Pacific markets trading higher this morning. Seoul and Sydney are both up about half a percent. Tokyo trading in the green as well. Investors are looking ahead to the release of new retail sales data from Australia this morning, as well as a private survey on China's services sector activity will cross to Australia in about in the 10 o'clock hour for more there. Uh, here at home, one headline in particular is reverberating through the cryptocurrency world. More about that as well in just a while. But first, let's welcome back Ryan Huang.
0: Good morning, Ryan. Happy Friday and happy Teacher's Day to all the teachers out there. Oh,
1: happy Teacher's Day. They are such wonderful people. Do you remember one teacher that's uh, I made I remember a difference? all my teachers. Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, it's just been so impactful in my journey so far.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love teachers. You all do a great job. All right, let's start this morning here in Singapore with two stories, one that appears aimed at protecting investors from risk and another that allows, you might even say, encourages a particular type of investment at the same time that it's coming under increased scrutiny from international regulators. The first story is about the cryptocurrency exchange Binance. Singapore has asked it to stop offering services here. And the second story is about SPACs, those special purpose acquisition companies, blank check investment vehicles that have been all the rage, right, in international markets. Until today, SPACs were not permissible in Asia. There was nowhere in the region where you could list a SPAC. But from today, investors can do so on the Singapore exchange. Okay, let's start with Binance. It's the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange. Why is the Monetary Authority of Singapore, or MAS, taking action against it?
0: I would say for many people who watch the cryptocurrency space, it might not come as a a surprise because Binance has been under the crosshairs for many regulators worldwide. So Singapore is the latest and we have, according to their statement, uh, Binance apparently may be in breach of the Payment Services Act for carrying on the business of providing payment services to and soliciting, soliciting such business from Singapore residents without an appropriate license. So that is the claim that the regulators are saying. So they put Binance.com on the investor alert list. So it's apparently a breach of or lack of license in this, in this case.
1: Do we know what this move means for cryptocurrency investors in Singapore who are currently on Binance, using Binance? Will the new rules completely prevent them from using the Binance platform? Are they going to have any trouble getting their money or maybe even their tokens off the exchange?
0: Yeah, it's worth noting what the other regulators have said as well. In the UK, they have been banned for concerns about not doing enough to prevent money laundering but in the case of Singapore what's worth noting is there are two entities at play here one mm. is Binance.com which is the um, target of the latest regulation and you have a, another entity Binance Singapore which operates under a Binance separate Asia like legal entities Binance Asia mm. so that is apparently according to Binance Asia and Binance Singapore separate and they are not impacted by the latest MAS ruling. So this is um, something that apparently will not impact their operations for now. But of course, um, it may be worth watching very closely. It's also worth noting that Binance Singapore recently appointed for their CEO a veteran from MAS, Richard Tang. And he's also someone who worked at the SJAX at one point. So he is someone who knows the uh, required regulations and what needs to be done to comply with them. So you do have the right people in place. Uh, So it is going to be one to watch when it comes to how Binance Singapore specifically might be affected down the road.
1: Or how Singaporeans who are using Binance you know what's going to happen with their funds and what's going to happen with their tokens Binance.com has said it is actively working with MAS to address concerns they may have through constructive Mm. dialogue so want to still watch Um, the MAS ban applies to Binance.com not to its affiliate Binance.sg however Binance.sg can no longer allow investors to transfer tokens to the larger global platform Binance.com okay let's turn now to SPACs, can you start by giving us another quick primer, a reminder of what exactly a SPAC is and why they've been so popular with investors over the past year or so?
0: So a SPAC, the short version is, is a shell company. It's set up by typically a group of high-profile investors or mm. celebrities to raise money with a shell company, a blank check company, and then they invest or buy or take over or merge with a target company and that is pretty much how it works. Say so raise money and you, as an investor, have to take that leap of faith to invest in that shell company and then hope that the returns come when they do acquire that target company.
1: As of this morning, the Singapore Exchange is the first financial market in Asia to permit SPAC listings. It beat Hong Kong to the punch. So, Ryan, do we expect a host of new listings? Should there be an influx of capital, do you think?
0: Well, theoretically, that might happen because... As you mentioned, Singapore is the first in Asia to welcome spec listings. It's beaten Hong Kong to the punch. And just to give you a flavor of how popular specs have been in 2020 in the US, the amount raised from specs was pretty much equal to the IPO monies raised. So that is with the backdrop of how um, a lot of um, names have gone through the spec listing route and became quite successful. We're looking at Virgin Galactic, for example, an online betting company, DraftKings, Nikola, the cyber, or rather the electric truck company. So all these companies are examples of specs who have been successful as a result of their um, backing from big investors, celebrities. Richard Branson, for example, is one of them. So this could be something useful for SGX to revive the vibrancy in the local markets, uh, especially when you think about how the STI doesn't really have a strong tech Presence or tech representation. Uh, but we do have a strong startup scene here and in the region. So it could be an avenue for these startups to uh, get a spec listing and maybe just transform or evolve the comp- composition or complexion of the STI.
1: So last question about SPACs before we move on, Ryan. There's been increased global scrutiny of these global, you know, blank check investments. In the US, the founder of Nikola, that's the electric vehicle maker, went public through a SPAC and is being charged with securities fraud after he allegedly overstated the company's capabilities. So what sort of rules does Singapore have in place to protect investors?
0: Okay, so the s has done its homework. It was doing a consultation since March and it said, in re- in recent years, this um, consultation exercise was actually the most uh, responded on in quite some time. So what happened in March was it had a table of rules. So it proposed actually tighter rules. And after the feedback exercise, it kind of dialed back on the restrictions a bit because of the industry responses to kind of balance between you know, safeguards and accommodating Listings. So, in terms of safeguards to protect investors, what we have here is a minimum equity participation from sponsors of 2.5 to 3.5%. So, versus the US, that is commercially negotiated. So, that's the difference. And if you look at the um, share moratorium, in the US, it's also commercially negotiated. But in Singapore, it is a moratorium from IPO to D spec, so that is the two years or so that it is given to a blank check company to D spec, and then the six to twelve months thereafter. So there is a bit of a lock up period for investors or sponsors in this case to kind of protect the or align the interests of both sponsors and investors. So that is um, two or at least two of the safeguards in place in the Singapore markets.
1: All right, next on the list this morning, I want to turn to REITs, the real estate investment trust that many investors like because of their dividend yields. Some good news today for many of Singapore's smaller REITs, 11 REITs in fact. They are being added to a global REIT index which could lead international investors to take a fresh look at the companies. What's the latest on this front?
0: Okay, so we've got plenty of REITs (laughs) with a bit of... um, well, actually, quite a bit of good news. So you've got 11 of them joining the FTSE, APRA, NARIT Global Real Estate Index. So this is a milestone for them because joining an index is a, an achievement because it attracts fund flows, fund managers, passive funds, ETFs, will have to buy more of your stocks. So it can actually raise the trading liquidity and also raises the um, REITs profile, to investors worldwide. So, on that list, we've got Ames APAC REIT, ARA Logos Logistics Trust, Cromwell European REIT, ASR REIT, Far East Hospitality Trust, Capital Pacific Oak US REIT, Lease Global Commercial REIT, OUE Commercial REIT, Prime US REIT, SPH REIT, and Star Hill Global REIT. So, 11 of them, well, reaching a milestone. So, we could see some interesting trading moves today.
1: Good for the REITs, which now have access to global investors. Next up, China and President Xi Jinping's common prosperity drive. Now, one of the country's larger social media companies, Weibo, has shut down a host of accounts that offer stock market tips. Millions of investors follow these threats. China's version of Reddit, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who's affected and why?
0: Yeah, it really brings to mind the parallels to the Reddit rally you've seen. People just going to the forums, talking up stocks. So in this case, this happens, of course, in China in the form of the Weibo social media space. And how it works is you have chat rooms and they charge followers for stock tips. So for example, someone might say, hey, buy the Shanghai Composite at this target price Mm. and give a level conviction like buy it. Boldly, and you also have stock tips, specific stock tips that could actually see similar types of rallies as seen on Wall Street for those meme stocks. So, regulators are not happy in China, and this could be a case of you not know, just protecting themselves or the financial system from any disorderly trading or from any unhealthy rumors from being spread. So, it's a bit of a nip in the butt for the stock markets there because in China it is very heavily driven by retail trading, much more so than the US in any part of the world. So that is the latest, I think, of a wide-ranging approach to recalibrating how the system works in China, so to speak. The culture, the economic systems, the financials. So the latest in the overhaul in china
1: yeah all part of china's attempts to cleanse content content seen as harmful to the country's economy alibaba meanwhile has pledged 100 billion renminbi that is more than 15 billion u.s dollars towards chinese presidency's common prosperity vision alibaba the latest tech giant to do so In another story from China, the government has announced plans to launch a new stock exchange in Beijing. It will be the mainland's third exchange after bourses in Shenzhen and Shanghai. All right, time for corporate news and a game of up and down. And since it's Teachers' Day, let's see whether Ryan can hit a hundred percent on this exam. (laughs)
0: Uh, I hope I score my report card today. (laughs) (laughs)
1: We're going to focus on locally listed companies and firms doing business in Singapore. Let's start with CMC Markets.
0: Okay, so this is going to be a down for me because CMC is issuing a profit warning. So, Earlier in the year, it was the benefit of a trading boom. In fact, it raised its outlook multiple times because of the retail trading frenzy we've seen, partly because of Reddit and whatever else happened in the meme space, cryptocurrency space. So all that volatility really helping the volumes for brokers like CMC. But now with the volatility easing that is starting to see them dial back on expectations. You've got the vaccination rates going up. You've got stimulus winding down. So mm. all that in play in trimming the outlook.
1: Yeah, so down for me as well, way down. CMC market shares plunged more than 25% yesterday after issuing a profits warning. And by the way, Ryan has 25 out of 100 points so far. We've got four questions
0: today. Next up, Singtel. Okay, Singtel, this is in the news because... They are selling 4,000 telecommunication towers to an Indonesian company. So, this is part of its Indonesian joint venture company, Telekomunikasi Cellular. So, it is seen as a up for B because they do monetize some of those infrastructure assets, like they talked about. And this, will of course, goes some way to helping them to put that capital to good use on their pivot to become a more asset-like and digital-focused company.
1: Yeah, up for me as well. I mean, that deal by one of Singtel's joint venture companies to sell 4,000 communication towers over in Indonesia is worth nearly $600 million. Okay, I'm going to go
0: with OCBC. Okay, so this would be an up for me. and It's in the news because its CEO, Helen Wong, in an interview said it's going to be boosting its stuff. Numbers when it comes to wealth management and corporate banking to tap on the greater China market. So boosting it to 500 relationship managers by 2023. That'll be double. So that is going to be more business and money coming from wealthy Chinese clients.
1: I'm going to go with up as well. OCBC launching a hiring spree to bring on new wealth managers to tap uh, China's business. Next, and finally, the locally listed theme park company, the Leisure Group.
0: Okay, so this will be a down for me if you are a shareholder of this company, Leisure. It is raising $3.6 million through the sale of new shares. So it's good news in the sense that you do have more money That could be put to good use, but it does have a diluting effect on the existing share price.
1: Okay, so I'm going to go with up. A little bit of contention here. Up for me. I mean, Sim Leisure Group also planning a new attraction over in Cameron Islands. And once that one is built, it's going to allow visitors to ski, even though there is no snow. So, you know, I think that that's going to be positive uh, news for the Sim Leisure Group. All right, let's turn to should I pass? You almost got a perfect score, Ryan Almost uh, 25% (laughs) short I'll take it (laughs) Let's turn to Singapore now We are 21 minutes into the local trading day The STI finished flat yesterday at 30.88 So how's the STI trading?
0: Yeah, very flat In fact, Mm. it was just up by one single point At least it was in the green. But now, it's in the red, underwater by 0.2%. 3,083 points is the latest look we have. And on the STI, it's more red than green right now. Uh, Right at the bottom, Venture Corp down 1.4%, followed by Comfort Delgro, Hong Kong Land, and Johnny Matheson. And at the other end of the table, we have SGX up by more than 1%. Off the back of its green light for spec listings, it's the first in Asia to do so. And we've got Semcorp following in second place, Maple Tree Commercial Trust, mm-hmm. and Capo DC REIT. And we were talking about those 11 REITs joining the EPRA Nari Index. Mm-hmm. Uh, Looking at the REITs right now, it is actually pretty mixed. So it's not uniform in terms of a reaction to the joining of this club. Uh, Right at the top of the REIT space leading the way is Comwell. Read is up around 1.2%. And First REIT also is higher right now, 1.9%. So that's the picture we have on Friday.
1: Thank you very much, Ryan. We're looking ahead to the release of new retail sales data from Australia this morning. Australia's GDP expected uh, to fall by about 3% in the next quarter. We'll find out more from live from Australia in just a while. Stay with us.
0: Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To
1: listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app.